Hey you guys, what's going on? Welcome to the camera ads 10 pounds. That's right. I'm your host Peter Sirs. What's going on? Um, it's just me today. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I actually, you believe it or not, I shit you not you guys. We had a guest lined up uh, for last week and it wasn't my fault. The, the guy who runs uh, the studio that we're at now had to go out of town on an emergency and that was the only day I was able to do because I was gone, as you guys know, which is why there was no podcast last week anyway. Um, so sorry, but it's just me today. But we got a lot to talk about. And then uh, we'll be back with a guest next week. So I hope you guys are doing well. Hopefully you had a great, wonderful Memorial Day weekend. I know I did. It's been a fun couple weeks. It was my birthday. Um, and I just want to start the show by saying thank you. To all of you who came out to my show last Wednesday at the Ontario Improv, it was so fun. I know that I kind of did a little rant about it on my baseball podcast. If you guys listen to my blue thoughts, which maybe some of you do, I don't know. Um, but I was I, I was talking about how, and I'll just be honest, dude. Like I'm always honest. You, you want my fucking, you know, my Dodger podcast is great because they're literally my blue thoughts and I don't hesitate to uh, express what's actually on my mind um, and I don't think you should like I don't I don't think you should hesitate I think that I think that when I was I was talking about this to one of my friends and when when you're new at comedy like when I was new at comedy you're saying things that you think other people will think are funny so you're you're doing jokes to get laughs which obviously but you're thinking of material that you think other people is gonna are is gonna think is funny does that make sense whereas when you start to really get comfortable in your skin on stage and really start to like dial it in comedy wise you start to saying things that you think are funny and if the audience isn't on board then that's on them and yes the goal is to make as many people laugh as possible but at the same time also being real and true to yourself so like for example I have uh, you know some people that tell me bookers like that don't want to book me because they say I cuss too much and instead of saying oh well I can do clean too and sending them a different tape I just say okay well you know what in a few years I'm gonna have a bigger platform and a bigger audience you're going to want me to do your club despite the fact that I quote unquote cuss too much and then I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself or or on the flip side of that I'm just going to tell you okay I'll come but my fee is going to be higher than what you're paying and what you would have paid so how do you want to do this you know and the point is is uh, I, I especially on these podcasts especially these my blue th or my blue thoughts the camera adds 10 pounds um, I'm just very honest with how I feel and so um, I talked about it on my, my daughter podcast but I just get really mad that I can't sell out the Ontario improv it really bothers me um, it bothers me because I know more than enough people that should come and support and every time I've done that place you know people have come and I always am very grateful for the people that do come but the I don't know the perfectionist or the uh, the fucking I don't know what you call it but just 
the delusional part of me that thinks that I should be able to sell out a show in my hometown, that I should be able to get, you know, 300 people to the Ontario Improv to support me, a homegrown guy, like, and then they don't, like, that kind of bothers me. And it bothers me for a number of reasons. One, because I, I, and I talk about it, but, you know, I see people going to that very same comedy club when there's, you know, big name comics there, like a Joe Coy, like, uh, you know, I saw someone seeing Mike Epps, who, great in the movie Friday, stand up, not so good, you know, like people like that. And I'm just like, dude, I'm fucking, you know me personally. And so then there's the argument of people saying, well, like, you know, $20 to see you. It's just like, okay, well, whatever, dude. For years, I was doing fucking free shows at the Ontario Improv, and people still weren't fucking coming. So now it's just a matter of, like, these people don't truly support me. And that's fine, but it still upsets me because it's like, well, why wouldn't you support someone that you knew, like, that you've known for 20 years or whatever? And those are the same people, and I've talked about this before, but those are the same people if and when I get to the point where I want to be and maybe I do a show there, on a, I do a weekend there, or maybe, maybe, maybe even thinking bigger, you know, one day I'm fucking doing the Toyota Center, or whatever the fuck it's called. What's it called? The Toyota Arena? Right, there's, a, there's an arena right there that seats like 15,000 at the Toyota Center, or whatever it's called. Maybe I'm doing a show there. Hey, P, I saw you. Can, can I get free tickets? Um, no the fuck you can't because I fucking built this shit on my own without your support. All those shows that I was there doing that in that in that area in that even when I was doing shows at Flappers before I could get a show at the Ontario Improv there were people that would come you know and, and, I, and I know the people that have been there since day one you know there's a handful of them that have come a bunch and those are the people that I'll take care of but the people that have never come around and then are gonna fucking want free shit later on down the line when I don't need their fucking support anymore, those are, the, those are gonna be the people that I tell to go fuck themselves, okay? And those are, the gonna, those are gonna be the first people that be like, oh, he fucking thinks he's too, he changed, he changed. I, I've, I've talked about this before. I didn't fucking change, dude, okay? I just remember who really supported me on the way up and who fucking didn't and then wants to associate themselves with me now that I'm, I'm something. Guarantee, 100%. You heard it here first at the, at the, at the six-minute mark of this podcast. Um, anyway, it was so much fun. I had a great time. Um, it was the first time I got to do an hour there. I've done like, you know, I've done 20 minutes there. It's crazy. Like my first set at the Ontario Improv was... I want to say it was November 28th, 2012. The reason why I remember it is because uh, it was uh, the day, the anniversary of the day that my mom had died. And uh, it was just a special kind of day for me. And a lot of people came out my first time there, but I did six minutes, you know, and I was new. I was okay, you know, I, I mean, I was funny, you know, especially for like a new comic. But, you know, I've gotten so much better. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking, like, I, I can fucking crush on stage. And I don't mind saying that. It's my fucking podcast. I can say what I want. Um, but, like, I know I can crush. And the fact of the matter is that there's so many people that have known me 
you know, for decades that maybe don't think I'm funny or they think that the fact that I'm doing comedy is like a pipe dream or whatever it is and they don't see me in that light and it's just like those are the people that I want to fucking show like no dude I can fucking go like yeah you might see little you know minute clips on the internet but you know you probably didn't watch my special maybe maybe you did but like I did six minutes the first time I was at the Ontario Improv and here we are you know ten years and some change later and I'm fucking doing an hour like and that takes a long time to build up the enough material to say that you can do an hour and not only that but there was a bunch of shit that I wanted to do that I forgot about doing because I just have that body of work now I have these different things I have these different you know bits that I can choose from and pull from whenever I want to and that's the hard work you know and that's what I want people to see you know um, you know I, I I compare it to having a kid you know when you have a kid you you, you want to post pictures of their you know their first little league game and you know videos of their first little league hit or their their first home run or they're this and they're that and it's like it's because you're proud of this thing in this person that you created you know that's a you know essentially an extension of you and for me it's like I don't have any kids so this is my extension dude I created this shit okay no one writes my jokes for me no one tells me what to say on stage I fucking sit in a room I write I experience life I figure out a way to put that to paper and make it funny on stage like I put in this work and I just want to share this work not only with the world, but like with people that, you know, I know. And it's just so, even though I had a great time and the show went great, like it, it did bother me that I, I can't sell it out. And I talked about it on my Dodger podcast. I'll talk about it again here. But I, I don't know when I'll be at the Ontario Improv again. I don't, I've made it a vow. I'm not going to seek out a show there until I'm famous. So until they ask me, to go back there like I'm, I'm only doing a weekend there and you're not getting free tickets unless you've supported me from the beginning or at some point along the journey and you came in and were supporting me on a regular basis at that point then yes you can get free tickets you guys know who you are some of you guys are listening to this podcast right now you guys are good but the people that haven't been to a show or that maybe went to one and then didn't show up for seven or eight years, you don't get free tickets, dude. You're gonna pay just like everybody else because I know what I'm worth. So anyway, I don't know, I, I, like I said, I don't know when I'll be there again. If, if, uh, if one of my famous friends wants me to open for them on a weekend there, then yeah, I'll go. But I'm not gonna email them and say, hey, I'd like a date until I'm famous, so. There it is. So if you want to see me, you'll have to see me literally anywhere else but Ontario. You can come to my monthly show up in Apple Valley. Um, you can come see me in L.A. I'm starting a show in L.A. Um, you can see me across the country. You can come to Canada. I don't care. Anywhere but Ontario. Okay? You heard it here first. Actually, you heard it on my booth thoughts first. But, uh, but anyway, it was great. It's always nice seeing people. It's always nice being on that stage. And like I said, just showing people what I'm capable of doing. You never know who's going to be there, you know? I saw that uh, 
there's this comedian that I know. His name is Matt Reif. He was there a couple weekends ago, and Shamar Moore was at the show, which is kind of weird because I don't know that he lived in the Inland Empire, but maybe he does. I don't, or maybe that's just a coincidence. But he was there. It's like you just never know who's going to be there. And that's why whenever I'm on stage, especially like here, I'm fucking bringing it, dude. I'm not half-assing it. I'm giving my everything. I even lost my voice after the show on Wednesday because I just went that hard. But it was a great time, man. I had a, I had a great time in Dallas, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, uh, hanging out with my friend, uh, my, my buddy Eric and his family and watching my godson graduate. I'm fucking old, dude. My godson, all my godsons have graduated high school now. One of my godsons has a fucking baby. One of my godsons is engaged. It's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, but it was nice, like, just uh, one, just hanging out with my friends, you know, like, that has taken on a different meaning over the last few years. You know, I know I talked about it during the pandemic quite a bit when we couldn't see everyone you know how I was you know it made me appreciate when I did get to see people after that because it's like you know we kind of got that taken away from us you know and also though I realized that like there's something for me you know in you know hanging out you know you know in being in the business that I'm in and living in a town where everyone's more worried about what you can do for them it's hard to make real friends. So me being able to spend time with my real friends who are not affiliated with the entertainment industry at all and just being able to hang out with them and, you know, think about, you know, times we had growing up and, you know, good times and bad times. And just like it, it really means a lot to me now. Um, and it just like just, you know, it's it's you know, for, for, for what it's worth, like, you know, my buddy Eric, you know, he lives in Dallas and outside of Dallas, but it's like, you know, I've known him since I was what, nine. And, uh, it's just, it's just nice to, to be around people that are just, are friends with you or, you know, because you're you, not because you can do anything for them, you know, like for me, like him and his, family like it's kind of more family than some of the family I have you know uh, and, and I I guess as an adult I've kind of learned that maybe I didn't appreciate that you know I've always been somebody you know after losing my mom at such a young age where I did value people more I think than the average person you know I would I'm not naming any names but you know one of my ex-girlfriends I always felt that she uh i'm not gonna name which one you're gonna have to figure it out but you know i would always get mad you know maybe we didn't always talk about it but i would feel like sometimes she would take some of her family for granted um, or just people in her life for granted and i think that's just something that people do when they've never lost anybody and so for me like i said losing my mom um, at such a young age and then my grandmother you know who was also like a second mom you know a few years later it's just like it makes you appreciate the people that are in your life and you learn to not take people for granted like that ever again so um, you know that's that's enough about that but it was nice going um, just hanging out for a few days relaxing I did a show while I was out there it did not go great it didn't go awful but I did ruffle some feathers
And that was funny to me. You know, again, am I going to see that people aren't laughing at what I'm saying and then be like, okay, let me switch gears? No. This is who I am, dude. I'm going to fucking be me on stage. If you like it, which I want you to like it, great. If you don't like it, then fucking great too. You don't have to. Comedy is subjective, dude. You ask, you think about the top comedians in the world. Let's just say right now, Dave Chappelle. Maybe arguably the GOAT, right? There's a lot of people that don't like him because they say he's anti-trans or, you know, he makes fun of this and that. They don't like him. Okay, cool. He's still one of the GOATs because comedy is subjective. Jerry Seinfeld, one of the GOATs, right? Arguably. Um, A lot of people don't like him. Probably because he talks like this whenever he's talking. I don't understand why you got to talk like that. Uh, I don't know, dude. But he's one of the most successful comedians of all time. So somebody likes him, you know. So I don't care that everybody doesn't like me. I want everybody to like me, but I don't care. You know why? Because the people that are going to like me are going to be the ones that like me. And they're going to appreciate the fact that I'm being authentic to myself. So, uh, anyway, like I said, the show didn't go great, but it was nice, you know, just getting to spend time with my friends and my godson and working out. I fucking worked out like a fucking madman while I was there. I love the fact that there's a gym that I go to. First of all, you know, I travel all over the place and there's a lot of places that I go to frequently, you know, going to my buddy's house, uh, especially like when I was in Oklahoma, I felt like I went down there quite a bit. And just even since they've moved out there, um, but like every city I go to, whether it's cities that I go to for work or cities I go to, you know, to visit or whatever, um, like especially when I've gone there once or twice, I know where the gym is that I'm going to be going to. And I was excited about going because I knew that every time I've been to this gym, there's nobody there, dude. So I had the whole gym to myself. And, you know, if, again, I've talked about it on here before, but if you know anything about me, one, you know that I'm going to work out when I'm on the road. But two, you know that if I'm on the road, I don't fucking have any other obligations. Essentially, like, even if I'm on a work trip, it's a vacation for me. So I might spend two and a half, three hours at the gym because I don't have to be anywhere until nighttime or at all, you know. And I fucking love that because if I'm working out at home, chances are I got to be somewhere you know, after my workout. So I maybe I may I might have to rush through it and you know, it's nice to just be able to be like, I'm doing my workout, this is all I got time for, let's fucking go, you know? Um, so that was great, like I said. Um and then this past weekend we went to Vegas and Vegas is fun, dude. I, I, I don't I'm not a big Vegas person anymore. I think I got that out of my system. Um, and also, like, I was thinking about it, man. I've been to Vegas so many times, and I've been to Vegas with uh, so many people. Not so many. I've only had, you know, a handful. But, like, like there's I have so many memories with all of my exes in Vegas. It's like, oh, yeah. We used to stay here a lot or we came here and we came here and I'm just like, geez, man, like here I am an adult and whatnot. I think I'm an adult and it's like everywhere I go, I have all these crazy memories and that's just going to keep happening. 
but it was just like you know there's there's good memories i don't really have any bad vegas memories i got a lot of the fucking stories as a single person in vegas i'll tell you that um but you know like vegas is different now because i'm not into going to the clubs and all that which if you know me for if you've known me for a long time you know that back in the day dude i was all about going to the fucking clubs dude and now it's the last thing i want to do but you know there's got there's good food it's just you know and hung out at the pool got to hang out with my brother you know we went to uh the AEW all or nothing pay-per-view which is a wrestling thing if you don't know and it's just so fun dude this is the first time that i've been to a wrestling thing and got stoned <laughs> And let me tell you, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. It, it just makes everything more fun. You know, I don't like to do it. I don't like to get stoned if I'm not going to sleep or like if I'm not going to go to a restaurant and then go to sleep or I don't know. There's certain occasions when I'll do it other than to just go to sleep. But this is one of them and it's, it's just a great time. It's just the atmosphere is for a wrestling event in person is just it's just a whole other thing dude i know i talked about it when we went to wrestlemania now this wasn't nearly as big a scale as wrestlemania was but still fun because it's just like we're watching basically a live action movie in person you know there's a script there's you know a predicted ending not predicted like a scripted ending and this and that and so it's like you know that we know that going in and everybody knows that the athletes know it the audience knows it we know that they know that we know it but these guys are still putting their body on the line and seeing it in person like that is just it gives you a bigger pre it, it's you know it's kind of like baseball for people that maybe aren't big baseball fans they're like oh baseball is so boring it's like it's only boring because you don't understand it you know when you're into the storylines and everything of wrestling and then you go and you see it in person and you see how big some of these fucking guys are and you see the stunts there's this dude I, i'm gonna give him props on this um his name is wardlow war d l o w wardlow that's how you spell it you say it wardlow i don't know if you can hear me pronouncing my d's but um he's six two probably close to 300 pounds dude he's just a fucking giant he's jacked uh just looks like a guy that could fucking win i don't know what he did before i don't know his history you know he's not like i don't not like him he's just not one of like the guys that i really follow like i don't even follow him on social media but he's a fucking giant dude okay and he got on top of a i'm assuming like a 15 foot 20 foot ladder give or take maybe 20 foot ladder gets on top of the ladder and there's a guy on a table underneath the ladder and this dude i posted it on my instagram you can go on there and click on like the highlighted stories and go to wrestling and he does a flip off of the fucking ladder onto a guy that's on top of a table and breaks the table and you're just like what the fuck did i just watch dude that's not fake, okay? Is it scripted? Yeah. Is it predetermined? Yeah. But could that stunt have gone horribly wrong and killed that fucking dude or paralyzed that dude? 100%, dude. A couple inches one way or another, 
and maybe he's killing the guy that he's jumping on or dude, there's just so much that can go wrong dude like that shit is fucking amazing to see in person and I was I was impressed it was so much fun and just getting to hang out with my brother who you know is just you know I've gotten to you know still still staying with him you know just gotten to spend more time with him than you know I maybe have in years past and spend time with my nephew and and such and it's just been it's been great like you know if I can take anything from the kind of rough year or so that I've had and coming back to LA and you know trying to transition back into my life here it's uh, getting to spend more time with my family which again like I said during COVID really got to understand how uh, how important that was as if I didn't know already um, but I do have a gripe with uh, the Luxor Hotel which is where I stayed at in Vegas now you know at some point over the last I don't know maybe I don't know how long it's been a thing it's not it hasn't always been a thing but these hotel and casinos charging quote-unquote resort fees and that's like so you have access to Wi-Fi and it's like dude you're a fucking multi-million dollar probably a day hotel you gotta charge me for fucking Wi-Fi that I can go to Starbucks and get for free like why the fuck are you charging me for Wi-Fi dude that should be included you're charging me for the gym okay this better be a nice fucking gym I go into this gym dude and it's an absolute fucking shithole okay I go in there after the first night because we got in and I didn't work out the first day that was my off day but I went in that night just to kind of get a landscape of the gym to know whether or not I was even going to use it the next day for my workout went in there saw what they had and the place was a fucking shithole okay weights all over the floor fucking shit not put the weights not put back on the rack you know shit missing from the cable I'm looking at like what the fuck am I paying for you're charging me a $38 or whatever the fuck it was resort fee like you better have someone fucking clean this shit so I attributed it attributed attributed it gee I can't even say that <laughs> to the fact that it was kind of after hours maybe some people came in after because there, there was nobody on staff like you can they have a front desk staff I guess until like six or seven or something and then after that you can just go into the gym with your hotel key but I just attributed okay maybe it's after hours maybe some fucking asshole came in after the workers were gone and just left the fucking weights all over the place because he was a fucking asshole so I go in the next morning to work out and everything's still fucking thrown all over the place workers there no one gives a shit dude if I'm paying fucking $38 for a bullshit resort fee you better have a fucking clean gym and there wasn't really a ton of stuff at the gym there was just enough for me to do what I had to do but looking back had I not already paid the guest fee I would have just fucking or the resort fee I would have just gone to another gym I have a membership there's an anytime fitness there's probably a few in Vegas I've been to one the last time I was there like yeah fuck the Luxor and then they charge you for parking which when the fuck did that become a thing it used to be you just fucking parked at the thing and then they I remember a few years ago you know a lot of the casinos started doing it to where 
parking was free for hotel guests only. And if you weren't a hotel guest, then you had to pay whatever the fee was. But now you got to pay if you're a fucking guest too. Like, just fucking include it in the room rate, dude. Don't tell me the room's going to cost this. And then, oh yeah, here's a fee for this. And oh yeah, here's a fee for this. And then, I know I'm taking this time to fucking bitch about it. But part of the moral of the story is I still fucking worked out on the road in Dallas and in Vegas. I think I ran 11 miles when I was in Dallas. And that was brutal because it was kind of humid. And I don't, I've learned that I can run in the cold. I could run in extreme cold, 8 degree temperatures. I could run in extreme heat, although that's very difficult. But humidity is what gets to me. It is a lot harder running in humidity than anything else. Uh, but anyway... They charge a fucking, they, they charge all these fucking fees, and it's just like, like, you're already going to spend, a sh- I'm already going to spend a shitload of money, I've already spent money on this fucking hotel room, now you're going to charge me to fucking park, dude, that shit pisses me off, if I ever get famous and I get millions of listeners, I'm going to fucking repeat this part and say, fuck you Luxor, fuck you MGM Resorts, like, that's a bunch of bullshit, dude, I went to the Venetian, They don't fucking charge for parking there. That's one of the most expensive hotels on the Strip. So you're going to tell me that one of the most expensive hotels on the Strip doesn't charge? Where people can afford it, but the fucking lock store is going to charge for parking, dude? That's bullshit, dude. That shit pissed me off. But anyway, I still worked out. (laughs) Got my workout on. And that's the thing, dude. I've talked about it ad nauseum on here. But whether you're out of town on business... Whether you're out of town, on vacation, you still got to take care of your body, dude. Do you have to spend two and a half, three hours at the gym like I did when you were on the road? No. Do you have to run 11 miles when you're on the road? No. But you should still work out, dude. You know, like, you know, luckily, I have friends and family that understand that, like, hey, I know we're hanging out and, uh, and I am you know appreciate the fact that we get to spend this time together and whatnot. But I got to take care of my body. I got to take care of my mind. And that's what the exercise does for me. It helps my body and my mind. And obviously, if you're on the road, chances are you're probably not going to eat as well as you do if you're at home. Some of you guys eat like shit when you're at home too. But you know what I mean? You're going to be more likely to go out to a restaurant when you're on the road. And, And we can talk about this. So I went to Dallas, you know, and well, I got there on Wednesday. And we didn't leave till Monday, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So essentially five days, you know, and I was low carb the whole way. We went to Olive Garden, you guys. You want to know discipline? You want to know discipline and dedication? We went to fucking Olive Garden where your family and I didn't have one breadstick. What? Yeah, not one fucking breadstick i love lasagna i'm not saying the olive garden has the best lasagna in the world because they don't but their lasagna is pretty good okay and if i would have gotten stoned it would have been really good (laughs) and the bread would have been really good nope i had the salad and then i had an order meatballs what do you notice about that no carbs that's right yes i guess there was some croutons on the salad not enough to fucking play a significant role in me not eating very many carbs the next day we went to dinner at let's see where did we go on the thursday 
no, the Wednesday, Thursday we went to Olive Garden. Wednesday we went to help me out here. Oh no, everybody, we went to Chili's. We went to Chili's, that's right. And I had like a like a bowl, like I had like rice and beans, like a fiesta bowl or something, corn and rice and beans. Now, I do low carb, but if I do do the carbs, I make sure they're good carbs. Beans and rice, corn, good carbs. Tortillas, bread, chips. I didn't have any chips and salsa. You're welcome. No chips and guac. You're welcome. That takes willpower, dude. It does. It's not easy to do. Okay? Um, they, they, had, they had catering for my godson's graduation party. And it was like a Chipotle type of place. Guess what? I had the meat. I had the beans and rice again. No tortillas. No tortilla chips. Uh, the next day, which was a Saturday, where did we go eat that day? We went to breakfast. And then that night we went to, was that the day that we went to, oh, where did we go that day? There was one day, when was my show? No, that was Friday. I'm trying to remember where we were. Oh, on Saturday we went to this Mexican place, I believe. On a Saturday we went to Twin Peaks. That's right, we went to Twin Peaks. And Saturday was the day I ran 11 miles, so I didn't care about going low carb that day because, you know, I, I, did, I fucking earned it. Thought we were going to barbecue, but the old people voted against the barbecue. I know that you guys, I'm boring you guys. I'm, I'm trying to prove a point to you guys about how dead it, so I, yeah, I'll just end the story. Just know that I, I had low carb and with one exception because I was staying dedicated. And the same thing in Vegas. We fucking, I had my cheat meal planned. I had a calzone and a couple slices of pizza. And then that night, we also, I was gonna go to this place called Black Tap, which is a fucking really good burger place at the Venetian. That's why we went to the Venetian. Went to Venetian, uh, and they said they weren't taking any more, uh, like, names or whatever so we didn't get to eat there so i ended up going to wall burgers but i already had in my mind that i was doing a fucking cheat meal and i went fucking hard but that was it dude the other days i was there fucking had my protein bars again low carb had a fucking salad like you gotta be disciplined man it sucks it really does it would be so much more fun i guess although i had a blast to go and just fucking eat all the shit but then I got to look at myself in the mirror and see my, my bloated face or my, my, my stomach not as defined or, you know, all those things. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to have a bad meal or two when I'm on the road. But I'm still going st to stay with it pretty hard. I'm still going to work out pretty hard while I'm there. And that's what it's all about, dude. Okay? That's what it's all about. Having the discipline and dedication to shoot towards your fitness goals. You know, that's that's it, dude. It sucks. But it also sucks. You know, it, it translates to my comedy. You know, having the discipline, you know, to fucking send my emails every day that I need to send. And reaching out to venues and try to do certain things. And writing and editing all my videos and clips and all those things. Like, those are all things that I do. And it's so much easier to not do them. I can't tell you how many comedians I know you go on their social media page and other than, you know, an occasional picture at a show, it's like 
no clips, no nuts. Like, how did? How are you a comedian? Like, you don't even have any proof of your work, like your body of work. You know, I talked about it before on this podcast, but like one of the reasons why I have why I have two albums and now a special is because I want to be able to show proof of the body of my work. You know, if I died tomorrow, I hope I don't. I've officially outlived my mom. Oh yeah, it was my birthday last week. Did you tell me happy birthday? You didn't? Fuck you. It was my birthday last Tuesday, May 23rd. Shout out to those of you guys that sent me Venmo and Cash App. I was just looking for some small little donations. Some of you guys sent me like 50 bucks. Janet, thank you very much. I don't know if you're listening. No, Tanisha sent me 50 bucks. Janet sent me 25 bucks. Thank you guys. I was just looking for a dollar. In my mind, I was like, if everybody sends me a dollar, I could fucking rebuild my whole podcast studio in my new place. Then I won't be in the studio anymore and have to rent the space because that's what I have to do. I have to rent the space in the studio, which I don't mind doing, but I would love to just have my own space. But it's a little bit more down the line, but I was hoping that we can do that. I could buy the cameras and everything and just have a cool little setup. But you know, I didn't make enough money there. But anyway, it was my birthday, so I'm 44 now, which is kind of weird because I, I, I have outlived my mom. And that was a weird thing that I was struggling with the whole year that I was 43. It was like, you know, that was 43 was the year that my mom, you know, how old she was when she died. And even though I take care of myself, you know, diligently, it's always been in the back of my mind. Like, you know, what if? I meet the same fate as my mom, you know, and die young. Like it's, it's a legitimate thought when you lose somebody that was young and gone too soon. So, you know, now I'm 44 and, you know, I mean, I still don't want to die anytime soon, but I think that kind of stigma that was in the back of my mind about being 43 is now gone. And now I can just focus on continuing to take care of myself, you know, looking and feeling the best. And uh, I, I did want to get into this uh, again because uh, I noticed a significant difference. So, you know, I, I've been very adamant about the fact that I take marijuana edibles to go to sleep because I have a really hard time sleeping. Part of it is because, you know, my mind wanders at night and, I'm, you know, if I come back from a show, I'm super amped and hyped and it's hard for me to come back down from that. But also my mind wanders. And then also on top of that, I do drink a lot of caffeine, um, which blew my mind. My, my, my buddy Eric Dunn has never drank coffee before. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Are you serious? Never had an energy drink before. Like, I don't understand that at all. I don't. I don't understand it. I get plenty of sleep, mostly. There are some days when I'm like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. Like today. <laughs> I think I got like maybe five hours of sleep because um, I'm back home now and I got to work and all that stuff. But it's just like, man, how do you not ever have coffee? That's weird. <laughs> I guess I'm a drug addict. But um, what was I talking about? Coffee. Uh, working out. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yes. Um you know, I've been, I've been a, a strong component of, you know, telling people who have trouble sleeping to take edibles. And I'm not a scientist. I haven't studied enough of the science. 
but I can tell you that I had a hard time sleeping before I started taking marijuana and I have no trouble sleeping now okay um, so for what it's worth do that also I will say marijuana and CBD have helped I I've talked about this years ago when I kind of started using CBD and THC together but really have eliminated a lot of the any of the joint pain that I had um, I'm running way longer distances now and 100% the combination of THC and CBD together have really helped because I very rarely take any pain pills and when I was at when I was teaching at the studio model fit that I was teaching at I would sometimes wake up feeling like I got hit by a truck my knees and my ankles and my back and just everything would be so sore and now you know I, I train for marathons and I only take anything like a pain reliever ibuprofen uh, naproxen anything like that only take them on my really really long run days because those are very painful <laughs> it's very painful to run 10 plus miles so those are the days that I take those but there have been times where I didn't and I was struggling a lot more but I know I can do it um, you know I ran the whole Atlanta Marathon with no pain with no pain pills maybe that's why I fucking sucked so bad but you know it is what it is but uh like I said, marijuana has helped with sleeping and with alleviating joint pain. But the the next thing that I wanted to get into was uh, the fact that I've now done mushrooms one, two, three, four times. And uh, there is definitely something that's different in the days and weeks after take and I only I'm only microdosing I'm only taking I think it's one and a half grams which is not very much I don't hallucinate um, although I did uh, I, I, I did him in Vegas the other day I did kind of start to get a little dizzy like the room was kind of moving a little bit and that was kind of weird and so I just kind of laid down and relaxed and watched TV until I passed out but and like I said in the days and weeks after I fucking do mushrooms I don't have a care in the world. I'm relaxed. I feel more focused, more alert. Things that normally bother me don't bother me normally, aka traffic or people at the I just and I just feel overall more happy. You know, and I know that I read studies that say that it it it, it attacks or not attacks but like it it, it it stimulates a certain part of the brain that kind of helps eliminate anxiety and helps you improve your mood and that's why it's been used in studies for people with depression and PTSD so I'm not an expert you know definitely uh, you know get your mushrooms from somebody that knows what they're doing and whatnot because you, you can never be too careful these days but I've seen a significant difference and I've only like I said I've only done them like three times so for what it's worth they've helped a lot and i'm gonna continue i i, I haven't uh, i haven't had the desire yet to go like overboard and take so many that it gets to the point where i'm hallucinating and seeing things like i don't know if i talked about it in the last in the episode where i talked about mushrooms but um on the back of the box it tells you how many to take if you just want 
elevated, you know, emotions. And then there's another one, another amount that you take, like if you want to enhance your creativity. And then there's another one, and it says if you take this this many, um, the walls might melt. <laughs> I haven't taken that many yet, so I don't know if I will. But I, I definitely enjoy the fact that it seems. And you know what? Maybe it's a fucking placebo, dude. Maybe it's all in my head, and I just think that way. But you know, if that's the case, then that's cool too. You know, if I if I'm just in a better mood overall more consistently whether it's because of the mushrooms or not fucking so be it man you know um so that's that man i just wanted to kind of touch base i i hate the fact that we didn't get to do one last week and like i said w the appointment got canceled because the guy that runs the studio had to leave um and then i lost my voice after that so i was like well i can't do a podcast with no fucking voice i'm still my voice is still not 100 percent, but it's better than nothing and, uh, you know, I want to keep doing these regularly. I know that I see the metrics, even though I don't like looking at them. Now that uh, we are not with the network that we were on anymore and we're on we're on our own, I just like to see the downloads. And I do notice that when I get inconsistent with the podcast, the, the downloads go down. So I, I promise you guys, I can't promise because you never know something might happen, but I'm going to do my very best to get it to where we're doing them every week again. And we will have guests probably 90%, 95% of the time unless something happens like I did this week so or last week. So with that being said, you guys, um, I am going to be in Austin this weekend, June 2nd and 3rd at the Vulcan Gas Company uh, opening up for my buddy Rachel Wolfson who you guys have met on this podcast she's uh, the first female cast member of Jackass she's also now on the show prank panel and she is a recurring uh, panelist on the show ridiculousness so um, it's going to be her it's going to be her boyfriend Matt Edgar is going to be there with us as well and I know I'm sure we will have some some special guest pop-ins um, throughout the weekend. So I'm just excited, dude, because Austin is still, uh, you know, very intriguing to me. I'm, I don't know what percentage I'm at. Yeah, I, I, I keep going back and forth on whether or not I'm going to move there or not. But I'm, the, the last time I took mushrooms, I kind of came to the conclusion that I'm making more money here than I would in Austin, and even though things are cheaper there, um, it would just be better for me to just wait until I was doing comedy full-time um, before I moved there, or at least, like, really, really thought, I mean, I've really thought about it already, but I think that's the smart move, is just waiting until I make enough money to then I could decide, do I want to stay here or do I want to go to Austin? And so, but I'm still going to entertain it. And for that reason, I will still, you know, go back. I mean, I love Austin, period. It, whether or not I end up moving there, I st it's still one of my favorite cities. I w if, if I had to rate my favorite cities, I think I've done this before, but um, definitely New Orleans, number one. I fucking love that place. I'm very excited to be back down there in August. Um, Chicago is up there with me. Um, Nashville, for sure. Austin. 
those are like my top four favorite cities. Um, I don't know what number, I, and I don't think I might move them around. I might move Nashville to number two, Chicago number three, Austin four. But what's ironic is, even though New Orleans is my favorite city, I definitely wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> I do want to live there for like a month, but I can't live there like for like more than that. I only reason I want to live there, move there for a month, is because I want to sit there and just completely 100% take in all the culture and just have a month where I could just sit down and kind of visit the cemeteries and just do all this like kind of like ominous creepy shit and write a horror script or two while I'm there I mean I've already I have two that I'm working on I just you know I get so busy and distracted and then I go back I go in and out of these scripts but that's definitely something that I want to do and I would love to to do, to do it there I feel like I could really find my muse if I did it there um, but anyway um, Austin is right up there even though it's not my favorite city it's one of them but it's the city because I wouldn't want to live in Chicago either even though I love Chicago and I think maybe I could live in Nashville too it's just Nashville is so far east the thing I like about Austin is that it's right in the middle you know you're a you're 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 in the middle of the country, so you can you can fly north, you can fly east or west, and it's probably going to take you about the same amount of time. It's not going to take you five or six hours to fly somewhere like it would if you leave from L.A. You know, so that's one thing about it. As someone that travels a lot, so anyway, you guys, um, like I said, I'll be there at the Vulcan Gas Company this weekend with my buddy Rachel Wolfson and Matt Edgar, um, and then my my shows. Um, next week, if you're in the high desert, which I doubt you are, because I know all the people that live in the high desert that come to my shows, and a lot of the people that I know in the high desert do not come to the show there, so, again, those would be the people that say I changed when I blow the fuck up, um, but that's, uh, next Thursday at the Dream Lounge, June 8th, I have a great lineup, those shows are always fun, and then next Saturday, June 10th, is the first night of my new Hollywood show um, that's going to be at the third wheel. I'm going to post about them this week and next week so you'll see them plenty but um, just to give you a heads up if you want to come see me on a weekend in Hollywood next Saturday June 10th so um, with that being said you guys this is the camera adds 10 pounds remember if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review rate it subscribe it helps me with the algorithm and also if you're listening on Spotify same thing rate subscribe share all those things helps me but uh this has been the camera adds 10 pounds you guys thank you so much and i'll see you guys next week with our guest bye